Gimrath and said softly, Remember, only on my command do you fire. The two frigates turned to the northwest and swept in on the Gulao. It was a tense moment, and Zimri watched them closely. The two ships dropped into a line astern formation, and the first one drew abreast of the Morian ship. Zimri recognized it as belonging to Mordrin, the Brotherhood of the Inquisition. He held his breath as it skated across the ice with guns run out. Zimri noticed the tense silence as his monks watched the ship sail by. Blessings of the saints, Zimri whispered as the ship passed them without a shot. Good, they were holding to their bargain. It wasn't a trap. The second ship, belonging to the monks of the first choice, crossed astern of the Gulao on the starboard side, sailed past them, and parked several hundred yards downwind so that the three stationary vessels formed a rough triangle on the frozen, wind-swept sea. A red rocket rose from the deck of the moored Reen ship, and with a smile, Zimri turned to Gimrath. Gimrath, send up the blue in response. Only Madoc knew that signal, and only I know the final blue. Zimri could barely conceal his relief. Have your men stand down, but ready for battle stations at a moment's notice— I think we're safe, but if this meeting doesn't work, we might have to fight our way out of here. Gimrath nodded slowly, keeping a wary eye on the flagships of the two rival orders. Zimri turned away and walked over to the rope ladder that two priests had lowered over the side. Zimri waited for his four escorts and eyed them approvingly as they came to stand by his side. They walked with cat-like ease, their goggles removed to improve their vision. Their eyes never rested on a spot, but were always shifting, always moving, always searching. They were the best the Brotherhood could buy. He had lost three so far, but each had died protecting him from assassination. Gimrath turned his attention from the two ships and shouted a command through the open hatchway, his orders echoing across the decks below. Zimri felt a vibration underfoot, and looking over the railing, he saw the stern hatch of the Golau swing outward. Several dozen monks swarmed from its interior, carrying bundles of lumber, which they dragged across the ice to the center of the triangle formed by the three ships. With practiced skill, they fitted the pieces of wood together, forming a wind barrier twelve feet on a side and eight feet in height. Another half-dozen monks from the Golau carried a large brazier filled to the brim with shimmering coals that burned fiercely in the howling gale. Three high-backed chairs were carried out as well and set inside the temporary shelter, the bearers returning quickly in order to escape the cold. Hoist the banner, Zimri shouted, and the guard next to him raised the standard of Moor, the silhouette of an iceboat on a blue field, the arch overhead. From the two other ships, the banners rose heavenward in response, the scarlet field of Mordrin and the black banner of the Brotherhood of South Sarath. With a bow to the sacristy and the sacred relics held aloft by the priests, Zimri made the sign of blessing as clouds of incense wafted across the windswept deck. Turning away, he lowered himself over the side and started toward the temporary shelter, his four guards in an arc behind him. From the other two ships, similar processions emerged. From the one, the burgundy robes of Mordrin, and from the other, the jet-black robes of the protectors of the first choice. A wave of excitement passed through Zimri. After five years, he was returning.
After the disaster at Mathen, there was only one recourse open to Zimri. To avoid abdication, he and his followers went into self-imposed exile on the wind-swept barrens of North Prydane. A forced abdication was barely avoided when the survivors of the battle before Mathen claimed that he had betrayed them. As planned, Peter took most of the blame and spent several years in ecclesiastical prison before going into exile as ambassador to one of the minor Ezrian brotherhoods. Zimri thought of Peter for a moment and then forced him out of his mind. There were more important things to deal with now. With a subtle hand gesture, Zimri ordered his guards to stop a hundred yards out, and he proceeded alone, walking slowly toward the leaders of the other two groups. They approached each other across the frozen sea until they were ten yards apart. My lord Madoc of Mordrine? Yes, it is I, my...